As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Brian and Colonial, an Alabama podcast for Alabama people. Uh, today, my special guest is, uh, you know, you guys know him from Twitter. He is the fearless leader of the Crimson Chaos, um, to me, the most famous proprietor of the name game, and soon to be three-time trivia champion, uh, Luke Ratliff. Luke, how are you today, man? KP, I'm great. It's, it's great to be on. It's good to hear your voice again. It's been too long, brother. It's been a year, literally a year, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, man, so uh, Luke, I-, I like to start on every podcast by asking the same question: How did you originally get started on your Alabama fan journey? Well, you know, uh, when I was growing up. I grew up in North Carolina, just outside of Charlotte, and uh, my neighbors that live up street from me are from Alabama, graduates of university, and uh, they had a huge influence on me growing up. So. Uh, Alabama's nothing new to me. Uh, I've been watching, especially football, most of my life. Basketball was harder <laughs> because you know, we only got we only got three games a year up here. It was we got the Auburn game in Tuscaloosa. It was never broadcasted nationally in Auburn. It seemed like <laughs> we got Kentucky, and it was always on CBS. Mm-hmm. And we got one game in the SEC tournament before uh, Raycom switched to the ACC tournament. <laughs> <laughs> It's, so, uh, it, it's, been harder, it's been harder to be a basketball fan, but, you know, here we are, right? Right. So uh, I do – I have to know, you do have a 704 area code. Uh, obviously, lots of great basketball played there, um, you know, on the East Coast in the Tar Heel State. Who was your team growing up within the state of North Carolina? I – honestly, I didn't really pull either way, but I was – I if. You know, live in North Carolina, you lean one way or the other. It's either North Carolina, Duke, even though the NC State and Lake Forest and all are there. They don't matter. But I, I, lean, I, lean, I lean more North Carolina. Uh, we had close family friends that had season tickets to uh, Carolina basketball, and the games they didn't go to, they hand our, their tickets off to us, and we'd go. So I've been to Smith Center for dozens of game for dozens of games. Uh, but you know, it's it's it's. It's one of those things like they play Duke and Carolina play each other. You got to pick a set, right? So right. for me, it was always Carolina, but here we are. Yeah. So what was the best game you actually went to in the Smith Center? And does it actually have like that wine and cheese environment? Like it's not actually that tough a place to play? Well, really, no. They. I mean, hmm. I'm trying to think. I went to a, a lot of them. I went to uh, – there were two that really stuck out to me. North Carolina fans get up for a couple of games a year. You know, it's very wine and cheese, mm-hmm. uh, like I said. But they get up for uh, Duke, obviously, and NC State. Uh, but the other one they get up for is Clemson, because up until last season, Clemson had won or had lost 57 straight games yeah, in was, Chapel Hill. It was insane, yeah. It was so long. Yeah, 
But uh, they, they broke that streak last year. Uh, Alabama transfer Tevin Mack uh, in Clemson uh, beat North Carolina in Chapel Hill for the first time in 58-59 tries, something like that. But they get up for that. And one of my favorite games or that I attended in the Smith Center was actually against Clemson. I want to say this was 2012. This was that Kendall Marshall, Harrison Barnes. Oh, yeah. It was one of the best teams that didn't win a national title, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back on it, but that that team, the Smith Center, was great for that game. It was it was honestly one of the loudest I've one of the loudest I've been in. Wow. Okay. Well, good to know. Uh, I you know, I, I knew about the Clemson streak. I knew it was long, but in my head, for some reason, it was always like 34, 35 years. Uh, yeah. No, the streak literally a senior citizen age at this point. <laughs> So, uh, Luke, how did you originally get involved with the Crimson Chaos? It's obviously been, you know, sort of an institution out of Alabama, but we've really seen in recent years, um, especially under your tutelage, it's kind of exploded into what it is today. So how did you originally get involved and, you know, how did you expand it to the point where it is now? You know, there were a group of students, uh, mainly, you know, the four or five people that sit in that front row with me mm-hmm. and obviously expand it now. But in the, in the back when I was a freshman, uh, us four or five students that were there were there for it all. We, we never missed a game. And we all sort of seen how, you know, there was as time went along, especially after the Sexton year. Mm-hmm. After the Sexton year, it appeared that student interest had dipped in basketball, which wasn't the case, but was a lack of organization through the Crimson Chaos, through the actual student section organization. And basically, you know, I I sent out a couple of tweets uh, to Alabama Athletics, to the Crimson Chaos, mm-hmm. saying, you know, this shouldn't be like this. Uh, we'd like to make a difference here. We're here every game. We'd like to make a difference, be a more organized and coherent group. And they picked up on it. And I think our first game really, my, me, and where I was involved in the organization, everyone around me, uh, was Arizona when Arizona came to Coleman Coliseum? I want to say this was December fifth, two thousand eight. Yeah, it was like a Sunday, right? It was. It was. It was crazy. Uh, but uh, that was the Chase Jeter, Justin Coleman, mm-hmm. Arizona team uh, coming up against Kyra Lewis and Herb Jones of Alabama. We know, and uh, Kyra Lewis had a spectacular day, mm-hmm. and but that was our first game being involved and it all just came between, you know, me just screaming into the void long enough. <laughs> somebody finally listened. Good, man. Good. I, I remember watching that game. I think I was actually still living in Tuscaloosa while I was working in Hoover for that. And I was just watching on TV and I was just, I tuned in out of morbid curiosity, right? Cause I think Arizona was still a top five team at that point. And we had, I, I think this was post Georgia state collapse too. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, tuned in just to, just to say I watched the game. And I've never been more pleasantly surprised by the Crimson Tide. It was such a pleasant day for like all around. The weather was nice. Like we said, Kyra, who was – I think he was still only 14 years old at the time. Uh, <laughs> I think he was younger, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just uh, just getting ready for that seventh-grade winter formal. Uh, <laughs> and just had a great game. So, uh, you know, obviously – Alabama basketball, it's, you know, it's a big part of, you know, culture. 
on campus and, you know, as we've seen over the last few years, the interest has really grown, especially with the hire of Nate Oates. Um, what do you see as the trajectory of Alabama basketball, not only in the short term, but also the long term under Coach Oates? It's off the charts. Uh, I think anyone who watched Alabama, you know, especially the past, let's say, post-Sexton, which was eighteen nineteen, to the following season, which just the past season just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were some things. Record's not going to speak for it, but you look at things like tempo, possessions per game, points per game, three to, three pointers taken, three pointers made per game. Mm-hmm. Alabama was tops near the tops in the country in each of those uh, different regards, and I think that just speaks if. You know, last season you look and you see the groundwork that was laid. And you see that, you know, had not been for key injuries, had not been for Herbert Jones breaking his wrist at the worst possible time <laughs> going into the six-game uh, six stretch of the season, or Alex Reese going through, you know, lingering hip problems, right. uh, Dalton GI issues. Uh, it would have been a different story, uh, but – you see what the found what the vision is with the NATO system with Coach Oates right. and what he wants to do with the basketball team, and you see the pieces he has. Like last year, he had Kyra Lewis and John Petty, who and Jayton Shackelford, surprise of the century. Right, uh, we, knew, <laughs> we knew he was a good recruit coming in, but man, this kid, this kid's good. Yeah, uh, but no, you see that those players specifically and how they fit in the Coach Oates system last year. And just how there was, you know, it opened up the door to what can be, what's going to be. Mm-hmm. And you see that trajectory there, uh, especially looking back on it now. And now that we have the statistics, now that we have the advanced statistics, which is a different thing. Mm-hmm. It's a new thing in basketball. Uh, it's it's unlike anything uh, I think we've seen in Alabama basketball history. Yeah, it the energy surrounding the program, and you know, I say this as someone that has lived in Tuscaloosa for two years. Um, I lived in New York and just moved to Austin, but the energy surrounding the program is probably higher than it's ever been. You know, and I was on campus when Avery Johnson was um, hired. Um, you know, just before my senior year, and it, it feels like you know not only that there's just blind hope, but you can actually see the roadmap towards it. Now, like you said, the system that we play, it's a system that you know high school kids want to play in. It's like you said, we, we're tops of the nation, and like you said, all those categories, three-point percentage, three-point attempts, um, you know, number of possessions. It, it's clear that, you know, once Nate Oates, you know, school at Buffalo has a very, you know, long and you know, somewhat storied basketball tradition, but if you give him pieces and resources like you can at a place like Alabama, you can really see, you know, the full potential about you know what he can do. And it's only been year one. It's only been one year. That's <laughs> like we look at it, you see year one, you see the groundwork. Um, although the record at the end of the season, uh, although it was cut short and I'll maintain that Alabama was going to win the SEC tournament and then go to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Although the record doesn't uh, show, if you're watching the game and you've watched Alabama the past five years, it's a completely different program. It's a completely different mindset, completely different, you know, style of play. Uh, it's a play style of play that's built for the future. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, w- I want you to speak about, you know, the SEC, speaking of the SEC tournament, uh, obviously last year just kind of got ripped from us. I feel like we were headed towards a pretty um, 
spectacular March Madness. Uh, where were you exactly when you um, heard the news that the SEC tournament was you know, getting canceled? So this is a very interesting story, uh, and I'm going to tell it for a very, very long time. I was driving up to Nashville. SEC, I save up all my absences from classes mm-hmm. in the spring semester that, so I can you know, sort of use them for SEC tournament week. It's my favorite week of the year. Right. You, you go, as, as I do, I travel around the you know, Southeastern Conference with the team. I meet all these people, and then at the end of the season, they all convene on Nashville. It's, it's one of the coolest things. Mm-hmm. But SEC tournament this year, I was driving into Nashville on Wednesday night. Uh, I believe Arkansas was playing. I forget who they were playing. Were they playing Vanderbilt? Arkansas and Vanderbilt. I think so, yeah. That sounds right. They were playing, and I was driving into Nashville uh, when I got a call from somebody, and they said that they had, you know, they had closed the tournament to the to fans, and I said, "Well, this isn't very good, <laughs> considering that I'm already here." <laughs> like I wish they would have consulted it with me first. <laughs> uh, the next day, uh, I, through powers that I cannot explain, uh, had a way had a ticket to the tournament. Had, was going to be one of the only fans mm. in the game for Alabama versus Tennessee at noon Eastern right. or Central. Pardon me. Alabama versus Tennessee, and I was going to be one of the only fans in there. I was so excited, so excited. And I walked from my hotel uh, down to the stadium. I'm from, I'd say I'm about 100 feet from the doors. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking and scrolling my Twitter feed, and I refresh it, and it said, uh, SEC tournament canceled. And I said, well, this isn't very good. <laughs> and so I walk up to the doors, and I asked I asked the man at the door, I say, uh, I'm on the I'm on the guest list. I have a ticket for the game. He said, "I'm sorry, but we just canceled it." So that was that was not very fun. But looking back on, that's a very you know that's something I'm going to tell my kids about. It just how like how I was going to be the only fan. I wasn't really going to be. But I was going to be the only fan in the SEC. Right? They, they can't the check one, it. <laughs> the only one watching college basketball that day in person, and in the entire United States, and they deprived me of it. I was a hundred feet from the door. So that, that's where I was. I remember afterwards, everything got canceled. Uh, I went back to my hotel room. I thought I said, cause I was leaving the SEC tournament to come home for spring break. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was sitting in my hotel room. And I said, well, what am I going to do now? You know, there's nothing really going on. So I packed up my things. I went home and I didn't go back to Tuscaloosa until I had to get something out of my apartment in May. So Jeez. Crazy how that works. Did, huh? did you even get a chance to go to Tootsie's? I did. Okay. I did. Wednesday night. I, Wednesday night, I got to my hotel and I was hungry. And I, I said, you know what? I'm going to go the bar. I'm going to go to Broadway and get me a hot dog mm-hmm. from one of those you know, hot dog carts. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal hot dogs. I don't know who this guy is, but he's there every year, set up on the corner outside the Tootsie's, right? Legends Corner. And I got a hot dog and Tootsie's was right there and it was like the Oracle. And I was like, Hmm, I might as well go. So I did and had a great time uh, with all who was there. And next thing you know, it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> it really did happen that quickly. I remember that week we, um, you know, me and a couple friends um, up in New York, we just said, you know what, let's, let's go to the Wednesday night biggies tournament game, you know, because why not? It was cheap. I think, you know, Georgetown was playing St. John's. So that was an exciting game. Now, now saying that in 2020, if you would have set that to someone in 2005 or 2006, 
and that was a cheap ticket. Yeah, that was that, that, that <laughs> they, they passed out wherever they. Were. It was like fifteen dollars only because of StubHub fees. It was really like eight or whatever. But you know, we we go in there and we watch that first game. It's a great game. I think St. John's has a huge comeback. And then the second game, it's you know Creighton and Marquette, and it's getting kind of late, so we head home. And during that game, we get notifications. It's like the Oklahoma City Thunder and Utah Jazz game has been, you know, it's on hold. It was like, how do you put an NBA game on hold? And then, you know, just five minutes later, the game has been canceled. Ten minutes after that, the NBA season has been canceled. And, like, right after that, we found out Tom Hanks got the coronavirus. So it, <laughs> so it all just happened. Right. Like, I think for most people, it's like, oh, wow, Tom Hanks has coronavirus. Holy cow, this is real. Not Rudy Gobert has coronavirus, Donovan Mitchell, you know, all, you know, American sports stars. No, Tom Hanks has it. Oh, we better, we got to back off. We got to, you know, reevaluate. Exactly. Tom, like, Tom Hanks has always felt invincible in a way. And I guess he still is because he, for all accounts, he beat it pretty, uh, pretty significantly. But, Man, it's just that news notification really just put everything in the perspective. Like, oh wow, like Tom Hanks, he's a real guy, and he just got coronavirus. This is huge. Not Rudy Gobert, though. Rudy Gobert, he was the he was the scum of the NBA for for a long time. <laughs> he was the scum of the sports world. But Tom yeah. Hanks gets it. Right, we we can we can laugh about Rudy Gobert now, but I just remember, man, when it happened, no one was like, no, no one else in the NBA was like. Stay up, Rudy. Wishing you well. You got this. And like, no, we're here for you, brother. Just you know, public enemy number one. <laughs> As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The week before uh, was... At the, they were asking about coronavirus at the press conference, and he's there. No, this wasn't even the week before. This was a couple days before. This was a Wednesday. <laughs> and this, what I'm describing, happened on Monday. And he's touching on the microphones and licking his mouth and all that. And then he has coronavirus, and we just, oh, you scum, scum of the earth, Rudy Gobert. I uh, hope we never play this game again. <laughs> People were asking, why is he allowed to go to the bubble? <laughs> <laughs> he, should, he should add to his LinkedIn bubble creator, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> pandemic creator. It was all He's him. creating pandemics. It was all him. I mean, just imagine, like, because I, I think Katie and Kyrie got it later on, but they weren't playing. So I, if Rudy just didn't get the coronavirus, we might have seen the NBA season go on at least a little bit longer. Who knows? But we, we might, if, if Rudy Gobert didn't get the coronavirus, I might have went to Alabama versus Tennessee. The following exactly. thing about that. Man, just the, the butterfly effect of Rudy Gobert looking microphones is just you know, <laughs> immeasurable. Everything's been down since then. Everything. So um, just kind of continuing on with the um, Alabama basketball theme. Uh, you know, a lot of roster turnover from last season, a lot of graduations, uh, a lot of transfers, or a couple of newcomers uh, that tied basketball fans should look out for this year. Uh, number one, uh, and he's been on this – roster for this is second season now but he didn't get to play last season because of you know uh, fraud in the ncaa offices mm-hmm. uh in corruption in ncaa offices but uh javon quinterly yeah the real deal this kid this cat's good right he's gonna be good uh another player to look out for obviously is jordan bruner the transfer from yale this this guy fits really well in the native system it's you could see it very much go back and look last season, Yale versus North Carolina, and see how you know. I think Yale lost that game, if I remember right. Yeah, they did, they lost that game, but it was very close. And Jordan Bruner uh, played really his best game of the year. That and against Clemson in Clemson were his two best games of the year. And you can see how that his game there, how he can stretch the floor and also take it to the hoop uh, and shoot the three, also. but uh, how that's going to trans translate in the NATO system. I'm losing my tongue here, but how that's going to translate in the NATO system is uh, it's going to be a very seamless transition. He's going to be very good. Uh, freshman wise, you also got uh, Josh Primo and Keon Ambrose who are going to be very good players. Uh, it's, it's crazy because Josh Primo is going to be, He's going to be a high draft pick whenever the time comes. Right. And many mock drafts have him in the first round next draft cycle, next NBA draft cycle. Right. And it's still up in the air about how many minutes, how, like what type of minutes he's going to get this season for the Crimson Tide. <laughs> like it's, it's, crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Realistically, there's, you know, there's 12 scholarship players and, uh, ten of them could play right now. Would you say this is the deepest uh, Alabama's been in you know a number of years? A long time, a long, long time. I'm trying to think off the top of my head right now. 
you know, I think this this has potential to be the deepest Alabama team since I want to say those early ninety teams mm-hmm. where you nineteen ninety one when you had Hollywood Robinson coming off the bench. Right. Uh, those were pretty deep teams then. I think this is probably the bleepest team since, right. if I can remember and correctly. That's oh god, I, I cannot wait. That's another thing I wanted to mention. You you are you know a student of Alabama basketball history, and I, I really do appreciate appreciate that about you because a lot of people do not realize, and there's are people that will hear this for the first time right now. Alabama basketball is the second winningest program in the SEC. Period. They were second all time in wins. I think second tied for second. Tied for second and winning percentage with Arkansas, who joined late. Like they were late to the party and still get the same. 92, I think, is when they joined. 92, 93, something like that. 1992, they joined the SEC and uh, lost to Alabama twice that season, played three of the best college basketball games you could ask for, uh, and lost to Alabama twice, uh, once in the semifinals of the SEC tournament in Birmingham which is fantastic game. It's on YouTube, a shortened version of it. If you have time to watch it, go watch it, because that is that is basketball at its finest. But I, I tell people, you know, KP, I tell people all the time, like they don't understand that Alabama, especially when I come home to North Carolina and I'm talking hoops with people, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, Alabama, who cares about Alabama hoops? I'm like, a lot of people do. Like Alabama is historically the second best basketball program in Southeastern conference mm-hmm. history and it gets lost in, in the, you know, it gets lost in the light of Kentucky or Florida. Who's come on recently in the past, you know, 20 years, but Alabama has a tradition of winning and a tradition of basketball excellence that few other programs in the country do. Mm-hmm. And getting people, whenever people hear that, it's like, Oh wow. I didn't know that, but you should. <laughs> like, <laughs> You, you really should because Alabama is really good. You know, in the early 90s, you called the uh, late 80s, early 90s, they used to call the SEC tournament the Wimp Sanderson invitation. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> exactly. What well, I just got, I remember the first time, um, I think I was like on a visit my senior year in college. I was just walking, I somehow got into Coleman Coliseum. I don't think there was a game that day, but I was just walking around and I felt like I was a pretty decent you know, student of the history of college basketball as a whole, but I'm just walking around and I was like, oh, damn, I forgot Robert Ory went to Alabama. It's like, oh, damn, I forgot Antonio McDice went to Alabama. Oh, I I forgot Mo Williams went to Alabama. And and that just kept going on and on as I was walking around Coleman. And it's tough to get people to realize that because of the football culture at Alabama, number one, it just overshadows everything. But Alabama basketball was a force for a long, long time. It's only recently that we've seen uh, any of the you know, so much struggles that we've seen. Yeah, and it's you know, for it was it's incredible to think about. You touch on it right there the amount of you know household names that played for you played for the University of Alabama. Uh, Robert Ory, Latrell Sprewell, mm-hmm. Tony McDyke, uh, Jason Caffey played for the University. Mm-hmm. Keith Askin, yep, Mo Williams, Gerald Wallace. You go on and on and on and on. And this is something that I experience a lot with you know. I did my countdown every year. Yep. My countdown today was today was Anthony Murray days to Alabama basketball. Two time All SEC selection uh, played with the Tides in the late seventies, mid and late seventies. Uh, but you know, and I post that on my Instagram too. You know, like I'd say, 
uh, Anthony Murray days until Alabama basketball. I posted on my Instagram story, and not necessarily Anthony Murray, but people always slide up and say, wow, I didn't know. Are you serious? This person played for – are you serious? Like, uh, Antonio McDyess played for – Derek McKee played for Alabama. <laughs> yeah. They sure did. Like, educate yourself, please. Yeah, please. What uh, what do we have to do to get the SEC tournament back in Birmingham? That's- I don't know. I I very much like to know that. I feel like it deserves to be in Birmingham. You look at look at other conferences like you know the Big East is based in New York. They play in New York every year in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. AC base go to power go to big conferences. ACC is based in Greensboro. They play Greensboro, North Carolina, mostly every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what we gotta do, man. It, SEC. It, no, I do. I do like. I would. I do like where it's at right now in Nashville because it's just it's for a fan experience. It's perfect. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, Nashville does a great job every year, and you know, it's. I love Nashville personally myself, so it makes sense. But, but it's perfect where it's where it's at right now in terms of fan experience. But it's rightful home is in Birmingham, Alabama, and I'm excited to see that. I think it's what 2023-2024 the NCAA tournament's coming back to Birmingham. Finally. How long has it been? Is the- <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been it's been since the silent era that the NCAA tournament has been in Birmingham. Jeez. But that's where it's it's where it needs to be. That you actually play the final four in Birmingham at Legion Field. They should play the, play the final four at Legion Field. <laughs> oh man, that <laughs> I'm just thinking about that right now. <laughs> but they have they have to put the tarps on top still. They they have to keep the tarps on the upper deck. And <laughs> actually, actually they should rebuild the upper deck. Yeah, rebuild both sides of the upper deck for the final Then <laughs> Oh man. I just people get upset when I say this, but you know, Birmingham makes complete sense as SEC headquarters because for a while, you know, before you know Arkansas and South Carolina and even no, even more so with Missouri and Texas A&M. It was the most centrally located big city, you know, in the SEC. Obviously, Atlanta's bigger, but you know, there's a reason that Legion Field hosted the first two or three SEC championship football games because it was where headquarters where headquarters were, and it's in the middle of everything. Yeah. And you know, it's I, I love Birmingham myself. I think it's a hidden gem of the South. People are still sleeping on it after all these years, but. I don't know. Maybe they do a great job hosting the NCAA tournament, and that you know starts to bring some more business back. Fingers crossed. Right? <laughs> Fingers crossed, uh, man. So you know we're gonna get you out here in a little bit, Luke. But I I have to mention it is Masters Week, even though it is now mid November. Who are your favorites, and who do you think will surprise this week? Well, we're recording this, and I'm wearing my Masters shirt right now, uh, which is obligatory. Uh, this week, uh, my favorite. I think I have two favorites. Uh, John Rom and Justin Thomas are the favorites mm-hmm. for me. Uh, John Rom, who was playing incredible golf, uh, especially to end the season, played incredible golf. And, and JT, who is just he's as consistent as ever. Uh, he's tops of the leaderboard, or he's on that first page of the leaderboard. Seems every tournament now, uh, which is a big thing in golf. And I think like for those two. And for JT, I think this is the year that it turns. That's my favorite to win for me. Okay. Uh, I, a lot of people are high on Bryson DeChambeau because, you know, he 
he can hit it longer than everyone else. The big golfer is what I call him. Uh, it's, it looks like if I were like five inches taller and not in all muscle, if I tried to play golf, but the same stature, right? Uh, but he can, I think he's going to have trouble because, you know, Jack Nicholas said that Augusta National is the premier second shot golf course in the world. It's the best second shot golf course in the world because, you know, the drive, your tee shot, on most courses will dictate everything you do. Right. But on Gus National, if you can't position yourself uh, off that approach shot, you know, uh, it, 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 it'll be hard to make par on it. But I don't think he's going to – I don't think the is going to do very good this week, even though he can drive at 800 yards or <laughs> some ridiculous. Right. Uh, he's, he's even longer now than he was last month when he won the U.S. Open. I don't know how he does it, but um, – a sleeper for me for the Masters, I don't know. Well, you've always got that group, you know, uh, the, the big names. The big names in golf, you know, uh, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, mm-hmm. Rory McIlroy, those guys. That And Rory came close last Masters. Uh, he had a, he had a uh, Saturday charge that was pretty good. But I don't think they're going to get it done. I don't think Jordan Spieth will ever get it done again. That's just me personally. Mm-hmm. Gus National, the Tiger Woods, you know, you always got to watch them. Cameras are going to be on them. Yep. Tiger Woods, no fans. This is a setting that he enjoys. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a like a five hundred foot yacht named Privacy. <laughs> this is what this, I'm surprised he's not playing better with no fans. Honestly, because this is his dream. This is what he wants. Right. I always watch Tiger Woods at Augusta. Is what I'm trying to wrap up with. I know I'm, I've, I've rambled here about golf for the past you know three or four minutes, but I always watch Tiger Woods at Augusta. Good, good. All right, and last question. You know, one of my favorite things about following you on Twitter, uh, the name game. How did this start, and how did it just devolve into what it's become? <laughs> I really don't know how it started. I think it started at football games. You know, uh, you know the fellows would be sitting there watching football, and uh, some may or may not have had some drinks at the tailgate, mm-hmm. uh, but we're not going to talk about that. Nope. And, you know, we just get looking and talking like uh, – I know last year it was a big one. Uh, we just take the name, the first name of somebody – and replace it and have like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to explain. People ask me all the time because I just, I'd say this stuff in public and they're like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, be but I like, uh, Mac Jones, uh, last year, uh, I looked around to the fellas and I said, Alabama quarterback, Mike Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, yeah. it's, 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 it's a hard thing to explain. It's, uh, like I've got a really good one, and it's your screen name on here now uh, that we thought of here. <laughs> we thought of watching football last year, and that's Najee Harris. And the joke is, uh, the name game for that is uh, Najee Harris is short for Nativity Jesus Harris. <laughs> I think that's the best one we did. I, I, I can't think of any better ones you've done, honestly. It, it's. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't. Uh, like Liberty, I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble for it saying this. Liberty head coach Hugh Janus. <laughs> oh man, I can't really explain it. It's one of those things you gotta listen to it to understand. 
Oh man, Luke, th- thanks so much for joining us, man. Um, folks, if you haven't heard, 15 days until Alabama basketball tips off. Uh, thanks again for joining us, Luke. This is great. We got to have you on again, especially once the basketball season gets rolling. No football game this week uh, because of those uh, dirty, dirty LSU Tigers uh, that like to party after losing by 40 to Auburn. Uh, but- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought. You know, Ole Miss has the same what they've, ne- they've never lost a party. I think LSU lost the party. Yeah, they lost, literally lost the party. They lost the party. <laughs> COVID went 4-0. Uh, <laughs> folks, thanks again for listening. This was Brian and Colonial, an Alabama podcast for Alabama people. Uh, like, subscribe, rate five stars, all that jazz. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.